Welcome to the Filthy Spoon Podcast. I'm John. No Robert today, but we got a good one coming for you. Let's get to the sponsors, though, first. Willow Creek Custom Calls. Old Brad Jones, man, he's banging away out there. Um, we love the Kelly Spec. He's got Mallard Calls, Honker Calls. His very innovative Brant Call. Everybody loves that thing. That hunts Brant, by the way, north or south, and even the east coast. He's got an east coast variant for it, so... Very innovative call. If you're going to go do any brand hunting, I recommend you do it. But uh, the pride of the fleet, I would say, is the Cali Spec, man. Good call. Super good call. So, anyway, you can look Brad up at WillowCreekCustomCalls.com or you can call him at 510-610-7625. And don't forget, 20% off, that that's not chump change, dude. You know, $150 call, that's 30 bucks. so... Anyway, the Filthy Spoon, get 20% off. So, pretty cool, man. We're going to run it through the end of the season. We'll go from there, but I would definitely take advantage of it sooner than later if I was you and I was in the market for a call. And then second, Superior Equipment Repair. For all your truck equipment needs, place to go. Peterbilt, Kimworth, John Deere, uh, even New Holland. We work on everything, man. We got equipment guys. We got truck guys. We got light duty, F550, F250. Piece of junk Dodges, uh, Chevrolets don't break down much, but we do do oil changes on them if need be. Bring your stuff in. And you can get a hold of us at SuperiorEquipmentRepair.com or you can call us 833-343-7351. And can't forget about old Adam. Adam Oliver, we love the guy, man. We're going to get him on here, I promise you. I I know I keep saying it every week, but he's coming on. Pennell Ridge Taxidermy. Solid dude, good guy. And we're going to have another guy entered in. This contest today, because every guest that comes on this show gets their name thrown in a hat for a free mounted bird of their choice. I haven't made that clear over the this year, but it's you bring a bird to him. He's not just going to hand you one. You bring a bird in if you're the one that wins, and you get it mounted for free. And he does good work. Guy's badass. Good guy. So you look him up on Instagram at Pinno Ridge Taxidermy. Calusa, Adam Solid Guy. So... And last but not least, the two Jeremys over there at Official Left Coast Waterfowl. Good guys. They're pedaling swag all over. They even pedal Filthy Spoon stuff, believe it or not. You can get a shirt, a hat, whatever. And they got their Waterfowl Widow stuff and all their Snow Goose stuff. And they got a new widgeon design. Cool stuff. I, I think they got stickers on there, but I'm not completely sure. But they do have all kinds of cool shirts, hats, beanies, hoodies, all that stuff that all you guys want to wear. So... Very cool guys, check them out, and I actually heard today, uh, upon Robert's request, they're going to make the square Quaker duck of our logo, like they did the drunk duck logo, a part of their line. So you can now, if you're a square that listens to this show, I got it, there must be three or four of you, I guess, maybe one or two, I don't know. You can now get the shirt with just the square duck on it too, so... Pretty cool uh, special request for Robert, and I'm glad they're doing it for him. So, anyway, without further ado, we are here. You're not gonna believe this, guys. We are at the White Mallard, uh, one of the most, one of the most prestigious clubs in all of the Pacific Flyway. You know, heart of the Butte Sink. Everybody knows it. We're here with Tom Harry. How's it going, Tom? Good, John. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I appreciate the hell out of you letting me come out here and talk to you and. You know, hopefully shoot some ducks with you in the morning, and beautiful place you got here, man. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, for a guy like me, this is, you know, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I can't 
tell you how much I appreciate it. And I just, you know, this is storied ground that we're on. And I want to hear your story. How did you start with the duck hunting thing? I mean, you've been at it a while. Yeah, I've been at it for over 50 years. Over 50. Yeah. And uh, started when I was 10 years old. My grandfather uh, was a member of a club called Capital Outing Club, which is west of Calusa, between Williamson and Calusa, off of San Jose Road. Okay. It was a boat club, 320 acres, two lease, old school place. Uh, the clubhouse, um, every had individual rooms. We had a cook, a caretaker, go out in boats. It was, it was nice. And uh, my grandfather passed it down to my father. And... Um, he was a hunter, and he took me the first time I was 10 years old. And it was during, it was 1972, okay. and it was a big freeze, a hard freeze. We don't have those anymore. It sure don't it, feel like it. It huh? was two to three inches of water, uh, I mean two to three inches of ice on the canal. That's and, uh, cold. We went out, my grandfather's old, in his boat, in his old three-horse Avenue motor, <laughs> and uh Went out down the main canal, had been broken up from guys hunting, but we went to a blind, and once we turned off, it was solid ice, and he would pull up on the, uh, on top of the ice, and I'd have to go up the front of the boat and jump and break it. Then we'd back up about three feet and go again, so we did one boat length at a time, all the way to the edge of the pond, and, uh, and then did that into the pond, my dad just put Deeks right in the broken ice behind it, and we got in the blind and hunted, and I think we probably got seven or eight ducks, and, um. Uh, I had a side by side Stevens twenty gauge. Really? With. Yeah, it's the first gun I ever had. You still got it? No, no, yeah. it passed on and it's it's long gone now. But, um, and uh, that was the first time, and I, I froze my ass off. <laughs> yeah. And but I I stuck with it. I just I loved it, and I got to go, I don't know, maybe two times a year with my dad, two or three, and with his buddies. The hunt was really good. We had great time good club lots of good guys so that was the beginning and then um he got out of the club in 1990 and then i was in my i was about 30 or nearby and i had guys that hunted so i kind of became a professional guest i would say yeah so i would uh have from the beginning of duck season till the end of it in my rig in my car i would have Waiters, gun, shells, everything I needed. Anybody that called me, anytime, the answer was yes. <laughs> I'm going. I, I, I ride around the same way, man. Yeah. yeah, and and you know I learned how to call at an early age. Learned how to shoot, and um, it helps as a guest. Like when I invite guests here, guys that don't have to ask twice. Um, uh, some guys say, "Well, I got to talk to my wife." Not worse than that. that that's that's a that's a ding right there. I would say so. Yeah. And uh, so I was always up for hunting. So I got to hunt a lot of places. And when I was in college, I taught um, one of the best buds, Mark Dimitri, who's also a white mallard here. T- took him hunting for the first time. Never hunted in his life. Really. Got him hooked. And he loved it. He ended up um, marrying a gal that had a club in the Butte Sink. And that was uh, uh, not st- uh, West Butte. Okay. And, and then, then he joined, and after West Butte, he grew up, he, well, he hunted West Butte, and then he grew up, then he went into Sutter Butte Outing Club. So he was a member there, and he got Mark to be a member. So I hunted 
Mark, I'd say, was a member in 96, and I hunted with him every opening weekend for um, until I joined the club. Really? About, about four or five years later. I joined about 2002 or three, something like that. So we've been hunting together ever since. That's cool. It's good having and a good still hunting here. buddies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They got, they got, yeah. There's nothing like that. You know? Another fraternity brother of mine, Jeff Barnes, uh, is also here in Sutter Butte and our other club. Uh, which does not have a name. And uh, so we're, you know, since college, three of us have been hunting together ever since. So it's been over 40 years. That's how this stuff goes, man. Once you get, I got buddies the same way. We we talk a little bit in the off season, but three months out of the year, we're, you know, connected at the hip. And, you know, you like to say you stay in touch, but it's just kind of like once it rolls around, then you guys are. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's, There's nothing thicker than a bond like that. I, I think you're right. The yeah. only thing I could think of maybe is the military, but yeah, you're about right. Well, that could be. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I would think duck hunting is about the second biggest bond when you start doing it consistently together for an extended period of time. You you don't get to know a guy much better than you do in a duck blind, you know? Correct. <laughs> and there's, there's an old saying we talk about. We say, hey, we're just saying things that are very confidential. It's known as, this is duck blind talk. Yep. Yep. And it goes nowhere. Yep, well, that's why I think that's why CWA named their podcast "Save It for the Blind." But yeah, um, but it's on the airways everywhere, so that's kind of contradicting. <laughs> but um, you told me a little bit earlier when we were talking out here, man. There's birds flying everywhere. This is so cool. We're just so you guys know, you get a little bit. We're sitting out on his deck here. We we're sitting over the marsh, middle of Butte Sink. I mean, this is you know heart of the Pacific Flyway, and there's birds. Well, you probably heard some of the geese. There's birds buzzing around everywhere. It's it's absolutely beautiful. But you were telling me there's, you know, you had a mentor. Oh, yeah. And I, I really want to hear that story, man. Um, when I joined Sutter Butte, uh, there was a member there that, pretty quiet guy, a super hunter, one of the best. I would say he would be legendary here in the Butte Sink. His name yeah. is Skip Rust. And Skip was a student at the game he taught me things little things um lots of things about what he did from his gun to his shells to his decoys to his call to the setup to everything so he and he kind of said you know you know tom nobody's ever asked me (laughs) <laughs> these things he he wasn't not trying to tell somebody and he's not a guy that would you're not a blowhard no no yeah. not, no not at all he but he was re- he's one of the best hunters around yeah if not the best and he was open with me didn't hold anything back uh, told me everything and he, he was helped me a lot and, that's cool and i and i enjoyed doing the same thing with young hunters that i know yeah Tell them kind of, if they're interested, if they want to hear it, or they ask questions, let's say that. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, and a lot of guys that are into it ask a lot of questions because yeah. they want to know. Yeah, exactly. And that's how you get to learn. Well, let that be a lesson to you people out there listening because if you want to know and you, you're a little bit intimidated, a lot of the quiet guys sitting in a room are the ones that know the most. And it, you, don't be scared ass. I walk up and talk to perfect strangers all the time, man. And that's a very good lesson. It sounds like you learned a lot from that guy. And I mean, you're still buddies with him today, right? Oh yeah. Yep. He's he's eighty 
384, still hunting. That's impressive. He's, 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 the joke was that nobody's ever seen him put the shirt off, but we're pretty sure he's got feathers under it. <laughs> <laughs> he was out one time hunting in high water, and he um, went out to get a duck in his boat, and another mallard was flying over, and he stood up to shoot the duck, and as he went up, the duck, I mean, I'm sorry, his dog jumped on the other side of the boat with his oh, paws, yeah. and he went over. Oh, shit. Under, and it was over his head. He grabbed the thing, lost his gun, and um, retrieved it after the water went down that, later that year. Oh, my god! Got his gun. <laughs> Safety was still off. Shells were still on the gun. <laughs> and I said, Skip, you know, because he, he, he was a high-water hunter. He went out, and he did it. He found blinds. He, he developed things. He... he he would do what nobody would do. Um, Sounds like it, yeah. I mean, fearless. Yeah. And I said, Skip, you, you know, you could, you could die doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's dangerous. He's up by himself. I said, Skip. He goes, That's all right. That's how I die. That's what I want to die. <laughs> I said, All right. That's a good attitude, man. Yeah. No, he was a complete hunter. And you told me, he told you, yeah, there's five things to this. Yeah. He. He said, and I never forgot it, and I've told several people this, if you want to shoot mallard ducks in the butte sink, there's five things you have to be really, there's more, but let's call it the top five. Top five, okay. Top five things you have to do to be successful consistently shooting mallards. Um, one is, you got to be a good shot. Two, you got to have a good call. Three, and very important, you have to have the setup. You have to know your club, the, the conditions, the wind, the blind, how to set up. And he was also, well, I don't want to oh, do the top five first. So the setup, fourth would be retrieving. You have to have a good dog. And five, you have to have someone with you that marks the birds. And when I mean mark the birds, when they're going down heads up, it's because the butte sinks really jungly. Yeah. And a lot of trees and a lot of tulies, and you don't take your I, – I teach my guests. You stand on the bench. You don't take your eyes off the spot. I will go out in the boat, and you direct me to it, and, and you know, 10 more yards in, to your left, right there. Yeah. You're going to put the dog on the spot, and they get it. Yeah. So that's – the mark is real important. Oh, I – my personal it, it is, yeah. In the hide, of course, you know, hiding good, not looking up, don't call when they're over you. And there's lots of, lots of other stuff that – You'll learn, kids will learn over time, but. Um, that's kind of the top five of that's, things you need. Yeah, if you have those five things, you're, you're going to be, if you can call, shoot, set up, retrieve, and mark, you'll get ducks. You'll get your birds. It helps having a spot like this, too, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> it, it, it does. No, we're uh, fortunate. But, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, uh, Gray Lodge is in the sink, and it's you know a great property so for all you refuge guys that listen listen to five things you're hunting in you know premier country it's just public land you can do the same thing so it's like a it's like a um giant um uh it's the same grounds as a private club here exactly yeah so i mean that's that's great advice and you know 
wherever you're hunting, I mean, this is, like I say, hallowed ground in duck hunters lore. It definitely is to me. I mean, I, I mean, everybody's always talked about the Butte Sink and, you know, in particular, the White Mallard where we're at right now. And it's, it's very good advice, I think, coming from, you know, generations of guys that hunt now. Like I say, he's, what do you say? He's 84 years old now? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, and he's still out there 45. Oh, he'll do it till he's 90. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. That is very impressive, man. So what kind of gun do you shoot now? Uh, I have three different ones. I have Benelli's. I have Browning Maxis, which was a skip uh, tip for me. Yeah. And uh, a Beretta. Uh, well, I have a Beretta 12, and I have a couple 20s. So I'll talk about the 12s and 20s. So out of those guns... Um, when I grab one, my choice, I will take a Browning Maxis. Really? Yep. And I use my um, Benelli's as a backup. Something's wrong or a second gun for somebody else. Um, I've had good lucks with Benelli's. They they um, they operate. Some guys say they don't. I, I, they, sometimes they short fire. I figured out how to fix that. Yeah, the Benelli click. Yep. Yeah, and I, 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 it's it's all in the it's in the firing pin chamber where the shoulders get narrow. Yeah, you clean that out and you're done. You can see it sticking out. Anyways, that works. Um, but I like the Brownie Maxes to me are are they just shoot, they shoot, they shoot, they shoot, and I like them. Um, we've we've gone. There's kind of a, a movement, let's say, not in the sink so much, but other places. Idaho, some places here, some places in District 10, uh, 20 gauge or yeah. su- sub gauge. Sub gauge, yeah. Sub gauge guns. Some people say 20 in a sub gauge, and I'm like, eh, it's not a 12. Well, I will tell you this, and I don't mean to uh, diss any of your uh, other ammunition uh, supporters. Do you have ammunition? No, you, you, we, okay. well, you can talk about whatever you Anybody, want. Okay. Yeah. So, so we went to 20 gauges we're going to hunt tomorrow. We did that last year to try it. Yeah, as a trial. The concussion is a huge difference. It really is. It does keep the birds in the area longer. The bang doesn't go as far, and that concussion doesn't. You can see those birds bounce when somebody shoots a twelve, especially in the trees. Uh, now you're right. That they're louder. Twelves are louder than twenty, and especially when you shoot three inch and the high powered shells and all that stuff. Yeah, they're loud. We went to 20 gauges, and it made a difference. This year here at the White Mallard, we're kind of in a slow transition. We decided to, we were all, shoot whatever you want here. And there was kind of a push of people, push of guys. This kind of thing is catching on that wanted to do sub-gauge. So we started December 15th hunting 20 gauges here. Um, There's some guys that have 28s. Yeah. There's a a buddy of mine that shoots a 410. and I was not a believer. Well, yeah, you're an old school duck. Well, I'm an old yeah. school guy. Now. I want a 12 inch. I want to kill him. I don't want to chase him. Yeah, that that's I, I was. That's what I want to do. And I started shooting the 20s. What I didn't realize is the ammo. There is a huge difference in ammo. Um. And the we can talk we can talk a lot about shells but yeah i was going to ask oh, you, what's uh, your what's your shell choice well uh, we can talk about that too um i don't know if i should go backwards or not on 
on shells and kind of how I started and where I went to. No, I'd love to hear it way out. Okay, so so the first year steel came out, you had to shoot steel in California was 1990, late 90s, or mid-90s, something like that. Yeah, early 90s, yeah, 92 or something like that, I think. And I shot it, and I hated it. Everybody did, yeah. And the birds, you hit them, you hit them, you hit them, they fly off 200 yards and drop and fall, and they're gone. Yeah. So I immediately did that one year, then I switched to, back then it was bismuth. Yeah. Made by bismuth, and it was way better. Then I went to um, Remington HDs. Yeah. They don't make them anymore, I don't think. I don't, I, yeah, I, yeah. They were a good shell. Then they, then I went to Heavy Shot. Heavy Shot's good. Forces, shell. it's good. And uh, then I went to Tungsten. That was a skip rust thing. Here's what I shoot. I shoot um, Tungsten Matrix. Ah. Five shot, three inch, 1525 a second. And it it knocks her dick in the dirt. You really? Say that. Oh, yeah, no. you can say whatever yeah, you okay. want, man. So, yeah. no, it, it's, it's it, it, the difference between those shells and steel is you kill a duck and it goes down on the edge of the pond. Not, the, not in the pond, the tulage or whatever, and it's alive. Yeah. With tungsten, it just flops around and kind of stays there 90% of the time. Yeah. Steel, they're on the run. Yeah. They're going. So it's it's way better. It's lead-like. Yeah. Oh, it's denser than lead. Yeah. Yeah, it's denser, yeah. So it's so I was shooting those, and still am, and I, I turned some other guys on to it, and I, I, I hoard things, so I bought a bunch. <laughs> a bunch, yeah. A bunch, and... Um, and I'm actually selling some because I only have one club that I can shoot 12s at, plus where I get invited to shoot 12s. Oh, you got a bunch of 12 of oh, it. Oh, yeah. I had 30 <laughs> cases or something. <laughs> so I'm selling it to my buddies. And, and um, I learned two years ago about Apex. Have you heard about Apex? Oh, yeah. Apex, oh, yeah. 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 It, they, the TSS. Yeah. Tungsten Super Shot. Um, the 20 gauge. I bought them for 20s now that we're shooting that. Three inch goes 1500 a second, and it is absolutely amazing. Really, yeah, they, they, they've done commercials, and, and I've seen things on Facebook. It, 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 killing is and it's nine shot, by the way. Nines, yeah, you, it, you can get, go back like the old days and shoot the smaller shot with this you're, stuff. You're yeah. smoking them. It, it long, I, we don't shoot long distance, we don't, we, we yeah, let you the probably, birds work, we let know. them come, but but I mean, at 50 yards, uh, I was out here and um spec came by and i just stoned him really completely stoned <laughs> both wings dead dead or dead or dead um with nines yeah, yeah absolutely and they're they make another shot i went to uh, idaho with my buddies hunting and up there they shoot nothing but four tens and again that's where i realized that this sub gauge things makes a difference the 410 is even a bigger difference yeah i hunted hagerman wing farms in idaho in hagerman yeah. And oh wow. Yeah, I just did it, did it a few weeks ago, and it's just pop, pop, pop. Very. Low it doesn't impact. disturb the whole marsh. No, or anything. Not at all. Yeah. It, 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 so I'm. I mean, do I want to go to all four tens? No. Am I going to buy one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I am just having one. Just to, I'm kind of slow to come around. You know, being old I school. Get it. Yeah. I mean, you've been doing it forever. You know, why if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But. Yeah. This is helping you get more birds by switching to exactly. you know, the sub-gauge where it's quieter. If you have a big club and you, you let more birds sit and they stay and they come in and they bring other birds, 
It all helps. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so oh, what I was going to tell you is the uh, Apex, they make a shell in the 410s called the Ninja. They're subsonic. They're 1050 a second. So they don't break the sound barrier. They're quiet, and they're, I'm not sure what shot they're, maybe nines. And first time I shot them was at a buddy of mine's place up in Red Bluff. And it's absolutely amazing. Really? It, more amazing than the than the, the TSS. Really? Yes. For a 410, I stoned a honker at 35 yards at his place. Just stoned it, killed really? it. Dead. At 35 with a 410. <laughs> and, and it just, it just, it just, it's an amazing shell. They're very expensive. But the other thing about shooting these shells, and I tell people this, you know, we spend a lot of money on duck clubs to yeah. to be in this and, and, you know, do the habitat and the dews and everything else. And the shells... You're going to get cheap when it comes to well, the actual thing well, you're hunting? They don't move the needle. Yeah. I mean, the, the tungsten shells now, um, the uh, TSS, I want to say, are like five bucks a shell. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they come in boxes of 10. And you, and, but for a couple bucks, you shoot way less shells on a hunt. Yeah, so that's a part of it. Way less shells. I and mean, if we go out and shoot a 14 mil hunt, you know, you and I are hunting together. Yeah. And we both shooting and, you know, we're shooting in the water. We're doing this. All the shells. I mean, you might shoot 20 shells total. Yeah. It, or you might shoot, you know, some guys shoot two boxes of steel <laughs> or more. Yeah. Because they're not hitting them or they can't hit them or they cripple them yeah. and they get away and, you know all that stuff so anyways that's that's kind of what i that's where i'm at in terms of shells and it's changing but i can't imagine it getting much better with tss yeah that stuff i mean it's expensive so a lot of guys can't do it uh well, the bismuth stuff's available it's getting more bismuth, affordable you bismuth, know kent bismuth is good it's a it's probably to me that tss is one i would say kent bismuth is two then heavy shot, and then I'm kind of on down the line. And it's all—it's a price curve, right? I mean, yeah. Well, that, you ever shot Boss? Uh, that I have not, but that's probably fourth, I would say, something like that. From the guys, guys do shoot it here. Yeah, yeah, it ain't bad stuff. Seem like good folks, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's the cheaper of all of the stuff. Um, I haven't. No, that's the only bismuth I've shot, but uh, I'm just happy. I'm happy with it. I I use it. I shoot a lot of older guns. Got an old Model 12, an old A5, and I like so full barrel choked, you know. Oh, I used to shoot full barrels. <laughs> I, that's, and then going to, well, you it, can do it, that now with this stuff, you know, and it's cool. Well, with the stuff we shoot now, especially the uh, Apex, uh, I have a, I shoot, I, well, I do, I, that's another skip thing, even with the tungsten. Yeah. I shoot an IC choke. Oh. On, I, 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 you know what, I do too. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and they say on the, uh, even on the Ninja Shells, the 410, open it up even more you can get a skeet choke and there's even one other one that's even more open than that but i don't know i don't have any experience doing that so yeah no i i'll do uh yeah i'll do ic and then i'll do modify like modified a lot i don't really need a full choke but like my old guns that i can shoot the full choke it's always cool and i for whatever reason my old a5 i can i mean, built in 1951 hank williams was roaming this earth when that gun was built and uh I love that old gun. I, I shoot it all the time, man. Um, until I knew it was 20-gauge only, I was going to bring her out here. But uh, we'll be shooting my Browning tomorrow, too. So Good. Which uh, one? Uh, BPS. Freaking low rent. 
pump okay. pump gun. Oh, good. I'm left-handed, so all right. Uh, it's the only truly ambidextrous gun they make. It you know bottom eject, safety's on the top. So we we had a blind that we could only shoot twenty a couple years ago. Is the reason that I uh, bought that thing. It's a cool gun, old school gun. It's not all camoed out or nothing. It's wood, so but cool gun. Well, we'll see how it shoots tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, well, let's hope we see. Yeah. And we're back. Um, I had to take a leak, man. I, you know, had a few more farmers than I thought I might have. <laughs> anyway, we are back. Um, Tom. Yes. Sir. We've been talking a little bit off air. Um, what is your perfect guess? Because people don't get invited here. This isn't a place in my world where we, we're are from. We're duck hunters. Both of us are passionate duck hunters, but we're from very different walks of life and different worlds. Right. And this is a cool place. So, what does it take? For a guy, you, yeah, you, you meet people all over that you like and don't like, and what you know, yeah, what would be a perfect guest in your mind? Somebody that you would invite out here? Okay, well, I mean, I have my buds I've hunted with forever, my good friends. Yeah, it's so much easier to me to take a guest that's a hunter that isn't a hunter. There's some guys that are clients. You want to take and 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 you know you got to rig them up and it's just a lot of work. But I, I you know start with th- those guys are guys that I hunt with a lot. But I I really enjoy meeting someone a young a young person that's into it and passionate and got the fever. Yeah. And we start talking at a wedding. I met a kid and he's like talking all about it and he goes to refuges every weekend and trudges and goes out and they've earned it that's yeah. er, that to me that's earning it and i said you know what I, two things you stay in contact with me during the season you call me and we talk dogs secondly um um i lost it when, when you when you call me and we talk ducks and i will take you and we'll go, and I'll give them a, a, a taste or a, whatever you want to call it, an experience that they would not normally get a chance to have. Yeah. And they're just in awe when they come to one of these places and see what they see and the experience of going out in a boat in the dark with lights <laughs> <Yeah>. on and <laughs> in the willows and the trees hitting you and, and getting to the blind and setting up the ducks and and, you know, shooting time starts and we're game on and yeah it's just it, you know they can hear you call and and um let them shoot and it's 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 a lot of fun I, I really enjoy you know trying to get the younger generation into it um especially the ones that started the hard way and have a passion for it it's a lot of fun to see their to see their um what a good time they have and the expressions and all that stuff so yeah no i i couldn't agree more i mean i i'm the same way um we're all for recruiting and retaining and reactivating hunters yeah cwa says that all the time and we're the same way um i if you want to go you're gonna go when i call you you better be ready to fucking go because exactly (laughs) Have, have your shit packed in the car have everything in there all the time. When somebody calls you at 10 at night, the answer is yes. Yes. That's the answer. 
Yes. And, and then what happens is, a guy like me, sometimes I'll be, you know, not out of guess, but I'm going to stay and hunt another day, and I don't have anybody. Who's going? The first guy that says yes, because I don't have a short leash. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's time to go. Yeah. Um, well, that's like me. I mean, I'm out here on a Sunday. You gave me a pretty good warning, and I work for a very forgiving boss. God bless you, McGrath from Superior Equipment Repair. I'm able to take more than off. Um, sometimes guys aren't always able to do it. I'm fortunate enough I'm able to, but, yeah. Are you kidding me? When I seen your phone call come, I'm like, I don't care. If he says I got to go right now, I'm going right now. And I got my shit in my truck for our 100-day our season. I don't go anywhere with everything I need to hunt at any time in my truck. That's what I was, too. When I was a professional <laughs> guest, I call it same thing. Yeah. Um, my uh, son-in-law, Austin, before he was my son-in-law, um, date my daughter he was from boston does he talk like a boston guy no no it doesn't have a boston accent but he he's you know and he knew that was one of my passions and i said hey do you want to come out hunting he said yeah i'll try it never hunted before in his life <laughs> brought him out here the first time he was hooked the second time we got he's my lucky band guy we got <laughs> two bands in one hunt really and then this time he came out this year, and we got another band with him. <laughs> really? So he thinks you get a band every time. <laughs> he <laughs> got is, ruined, didn't he? He's ruined. But <laughs> he's he he's now he. I mean, he's got all the stuff. He's got sick waiters. He's got the guns. He's got he's he's loaded. And then he turned also into a big game hunter. He's really? Done very very well. Yeah. So the the waterfowl opened the door to big game. He never yeah. hunted anything before. You Nothing. Took never hunted. Didn't even know about it. No. <laughs> so that's an example of, you know given a young man an opportunity and saying, look at this, try this. It changed the trage trajectory of his life, what you did. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, he's renting places to hunt back in Chicago for deer. He's <laughs> cool, renting man. stuff. He's hunting elk in Wyoming or uh, Colorado and Montana. He's, he's, I mean, that's insane. You know, and how old was he when you took him out the first time? Uh, probably thirty. Two, I th would say something like that. And like Larry, probably never much thought much about it. Whatever, I'm a, you know. He didn't. But what helped a lot, and this helped with my um, my wife too. Her dad was a hunter, so she knew you're a hunter, you're gonna go. And my daughter supports him. Yeah. Oh, and that helps, <laughs> in a marriage it helps a lot. Um, I'll tell you a funny story. When I first uh, joined Sutter Butte outing, uh, my first year. My wife is a calendar person. Yeah. What's on the calendar? What are we doing? So opening day, opening weekend came, and I went with my buddy Mark Dimitri and shot 14 hours each day and came back, and she says, well, what day is you hunt this week? And I said, well, I'm going to hunt Tuesday and Saturday. Okay. Puts on the calendar, writes it down. Uh, next week came, what day are you hunting? I said, I'm hunting Wednesday and Sunday. Okay. Next day, what day are you hunting? I said, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. This goes on all season long. <laughs> all season long. And the season's over on the 31st. I came home. She says, what days are you hunting this week? I said, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. I called my buddy Demetri. says, hall pass, buddy. <laughs> we got this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, the other, the other advice, you were talking about young people and what they do. They're what we're trying to get them into. And every young man that I hunt with, it's a hunter. 
I don't care if you're a hunter or a golfer or whatever you are. I give the same advice to everyone right before they get married. I tell them, and, and a wise man told me this. He said, never ask. If you ask once, you're fucked for life. <laughs> That's so, good advice. I, I, I couldn't agree more. They, they, I, my three ex-wife can probably vouch for that. But they, yeah, they, they will get trained. They yeah. will get trained. There's Eventually, then I'm I'm going hunt. Okay, they know. It's, no, you're, it's, 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 you you it's know what? Just like training a dog, they know. One hundred percent. I I I mean, I've been divorced three times, but it wasn't hunting. Had nothing to do with it. They knew this was the way it was. You're gonna this. I mean, this is not negotiable. I don't negotiate with terrorists. Right. This is the way it is. You know. So just and so that is great advice. No, the best advice of a young man <laughs> that hunts or golfs or does whatever they do. This is my passion. I'm going. If and we ask, got do. We got three months out of the year, and this is the way it is. And if you don't like it, don't let the door hit you in the ass. You that's know. That's right. Yeah. Like that's. Well, that's why you're going to number four. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> hey, I, actually, I, I might have number four on the hook, man. We'll mm. see, dude. I don't know. So, we'll was it just a poor choices or? Um, a little bit of both, I think. Yeah. I mean, the second one was probably the best out of the bunch. Okay. Um, third one made the most money, but was crazier than a shit house rat. Mm. The first one was just kind of a white trash idiot like I was that didn't learn how to evolve. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But she, hey, number four, man, I ain't no telling what I might get next. Look, she's looking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. yeah. It's very, 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 very early on. But hey, I mean, shit, I'd get married tomorrow if I thought it'd make things better. So. All right. <laughs> anyway, enough about me. Everybody knows about my dipshit ass. So you got this huge buck hanging in here. That thing's a monster. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. He, he's, he's a toad. Yeah, that th- I mean that that thing is awesome. I uh, you told me you got it in Utah. It scored like two thirty two. Yes. That how did this come to be? I mean, that's it, not nobody has something like that hanging on their wall. You know, it, it, it was lucky for sure. Um, was it a place in the Ponsagant? I can't remember. They have PLM tags, and you go there, and these guys pay a lot of money to go over and these guys have been going for years and years at clients of mine friends of mine out of Sacramento and they've been going and killing these monster bucks and they don't even slow down for 190 really you're driving around <laughs> you see a 190 buck they don't even stop no <laughs> I mean we, we went there and we got you know, 232 215 210 and 205 or something like that I mean no, that's unheard of four guys go hunting yeah, no, that's insane. All, all over 200s, it doesn't happen. Yeah, Abel, you listening? Yeah. So it's all, He's it's, a big deer hunter guy. Yeah, so. it, it, it's it's expensive. I did it one time. I'm one and done. So when you go there, it, it's at the, uh, just north of Arizona Strip in Utah. And it's kind of a, I, I believe it's a higher elevation where they go to rut. And it's, you know, perfect condition it's, it's the best place in the united states i'm sure really to hunt mule deer absolutely if you can get there or can get on there and pay it anyways um they take pictures of these deer with game cams i mean they feed them yeah food plots and stuff and they take pictures of them i mean it's open it's not fenced at all i would never hunt a fence thing in my life and they 
take pictures of all these big bucks and they name them. They have names for every one. And when you get there, you draw cards. There's four of us. We draw cards. And the highest card gets to pick the buck that they want to hunt and try and kill. He may be dead already, or he yeah. may not. It, but, if it, but if that's your buck, if anybody else sees your buck, they can't shoot it. Really? Yeah, they can call you and say, hey, I found your buck. Do you want to shoot it? Yes, I'm coming over. Or no, go ahead. So, and this it, is on private or public? It's private. It, it's crazy. It's it, it's it's beyond. Sounds like it. Yeah. So, the first first day. So well, we draw the cards, and I pick number eight. I go, well, I didn't get nothing. Well, it was eight, seven, six, five. So I was top pick, and I said, I like this one. His name was Seal Team Six. <laughs> was his name? <laughs> so I said, I'll take him, and. So we're out there hunting, and in the morning, first morning, my buddy Paul Pruder calls and says, hey, we found your buck, Tom. Really? Where is he? He's over here. I said, you want him? I said, yeah. <laughs> so we went over, and I made a shot at 335 yards uphill, and he kept going, walked to the top of the hill, and I got a broadside shot on the skyline and missed him. Really? And thought, oh, shit. I blew it. Yeah. So, but he was down there, and his guide had his video on and videoed. He got the shot, and it was, oof, right in the <laughs> Boilermaker. Really? So he went up there. He was dead already. And so we had to go all the way around. We came back and found the blood. I mean, right where he was, found the blood about 20 yards, boom, done. And uh, that was it. So I, I was... Very, very fortunate to have an opportunity to even hunt there. Yeah. And an opportunity to hunt like that. And he's, you know, one of the better ones they've gotten over the years. And um, Yeah, no, that thing they, is they, very impressive. They, yeah. they, 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 I think I told you they rate him by, he, they called him the trifecta because they rate him, if, are you over 30 inches? And he was 34. Are you over 200? He was 232. Are you over 40 inches of mass? He was 48. So he's got it all. And yeah. He's, he's just, and, he, and he's pretty. No, he, he's not a good-looking deer. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm looking at it right now, guys, that are listening, and no, that thing's badass. I'll I'll get a photo of it on Instagram for I gotta sure. Tell you, so, uh, I didn't tell you about this, but one more story. Uh, yeah, we have, for we sure. Have, we have a ranch up in uh, Oregon, Nevada. Yeah. And we have mule deer, uh, uh, landlord tags that we hunt with. Yeah. And I was hunting about, I don't know, maybe six, seven years ago, and... We drive out the ranch, which is maybe a quarter mile up the highway, went down the highway in the Jeep, came back. And as we're coming back, we see these deer crossing in front of our little road. I just left right in the compound in the house. Yeah. And there's, I go, those look like bucks. And I had a buddy with me. My gun was in the very back of the Jeep. His, he was a shooter. I was letting him shoot. I wasn't going to shoot. I've never shot a buck there my whole life. Yeah. My brother shot a bunch of them. I haven't shot them. And I... I'm going, fuck, those are bucks. So we pull up the road, and we stop, and I put my glasses on him, and this buck is, is he's walking through the sage bus, he's dragging his head, like he's got something caught on it. Like yeah. I think, I'm thinking Balin twine or, you know, something like that. He's tied up. You've seen yeah. bucks and Balin yeah. twine. Put my glasses on him, and, 
And to back up a little bit, the uh, worker that worked for us said, he goes, I saw the biggest buck I've ever seen on the Oregon side. This is on the Nevada side. And he said, He's more points I've ever seen. Okay. And I don't put a whole lot of stock in that. So I look at this buck, and he's got a horn going out his right side. And he's got five or six points, nice ones. He was heavy horn buck. And his left side had a big, I mean, I mean thick, you know, two inches round, going under his chin. He had a second right going out about 15 inches from his first right, another five or six. Wow. All on one side. I've never, ever in my life seen a buck, a picture or a mount, anything like it. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm like, as soon as I saw it, I told my buddy, I said, shoot that fucker, get him. <laughs> and he was slow, and he had his coffee, and he was fucking around, and wasn't paying attention. And, got, and I'm going, he's at 150 yards, in our yard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in our, in our you know, yard, but. Yeah. And, and they sauntered off, never saw him again. Really? Nope. And so that buck has haunted me my whole <laughs> life that I didn't get a chance to shoot it. And that would have been a mount that would be on Cabela's tour, any, anybody's best. There's been, I've never seen one like that. Yeah. Oh, that's so, amazing, man. That's a little buck story from Oregon. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What could have been? Wow. Yeah. Man. Well, there's always that. And there's still, you know, even in duck hunting, I still remember certain things that happen, good and bad. Shots that, you know, were things that happen where two mallards come in, you go boom, boom, and two come right behind you, you get two more, four, four mallards in yeah. one deal. And after you shoot, <laughs> that doesn't happen. <laughs> no. And, and, Ones I mostly remember the ones that you miss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they the hold. bad ones, and and they're like right there. And you know, yeah, you're sitting on, meatball you're right sitting in front of you. You're sitting on thirteen mallards. You're looking for the devil. <laughs> we call it the devil duck. The last yeah. duck's a devil duck. Waiting for that one. There he comes, face up, and six shots. You don't touch a feather. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you're preaching to the choir, man. It Worm out the God's ears. It's uh, very troubling but it happens to all of us nice to hear that you guys are to have the same issues that us low rent idiots do too well so. we all miss the same yeah <laughs> we all miss the same that's a cool thing about this duck hunt man it's a great equalizer you know what i mean whether i'm sitting here on the deck of the white mallard talking with you or i'm hanging out in the refuge parking lot talking to some white trash idiot yeah. we're all duck hunters dude you know, and we all love it, and we're all passionate. You know, some people have made better choices in life to get a better position in duck hunting than others have, but we're all duck hunters when it comes down to it, and that is so cool. That's and right. you seem to really understand that and appreciate that. Yeah, uh, you know, um, we used to, we'd be at Sutter Butte outing and go for a hunt and be back in and have lunch and stuff and say, let's go to Gray Lodge and check that out and drive, drive the clothes yeah. on, you know? And we'd, we'd take cocktails and drive around and... Uh, doing the Lord's we, we, work. We, we, we doing the Lord's work and we talked to people. We'd see a guy, hey, how'd you do today? He says, it was great. I got a spoonie. He was so excited. About his one spoonie. And he was very excited about it. And I love it. Yep. And that's, that's the passion and... That's where it starts, and who knows where it goes from there. 
Exactly. And like I say, it's, you know, for all you dipshits listening to this, I mean, you can, you handle your life right, you can end up doing something just like this, you know. Maybe not this place, but somewhere. Handle your business and life, and your duck hunting will, you know, come along with it. So, very cool friggin' podcast here. Thank you so much, Tom, for having me up here. And thank you, Curtis, for even, you know, introducing me to your cousin. I call you his uncle all the time. I've called him your, I, I think you're his uncle. Okay, well, close. I, I, I don't know. I For whatever reason, I got stuck in my head that you're. Well, he's a little younger than me, so. Yeah, that, well, that's the way, way he told me about a little bit of the hazing you did on him when he was younger and stuff. I didn't haze him. <laughs> he's kind of a pussy. He's you know, a pussy, so. yeah. But <laughs> he told me you guys were kind of the FFA hick kids, and he was a city guy, so. Yeah, he's urban. We were other. Rural. We, we were rural, yeah. And, yeah. And no, I, hey, so, I get so, it. So, yeah. But, but. We we brought him to our side. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, we're, we're, we're converting urbanites, you know, now he's one there. at a time. Now he's there, and he's going to buy a duck club. And I can't believe that, dude, this fucking guy. He's yeah. buying a duck club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for all you, we, we don't talk about Curtis. Well, we talk about him falling down in the mud most of the time on this podcast. But Curtis, dear friend, now I don't even know him long, but we're pretty tight, I think. And he's buying a duck club. I mean, that is about as cool as it can be. He's he's done it. He's three years in, and he's buying a membership in a duck club in the Sioux Marsh. And good for you, dude. Yeah. Cheers. Congrats. Cheers, brother. Yeah, I mean, this is what it's all about. And it, I talked about you a little bit earlier, changing your son-in-law's life trajectory. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you've also changed Curtis's life trajectory. I yeah. mean, it's once you get into this, there ain't no turning back. So now, um, my son-in-law just had a baby, a granddaughter, first one, and they are all in for moving back out here. <laughs> here in not only Sacramento, where I live in Rancho Marietta. Yeah. And I said, there's a lot of good pluses, this deal. You want to go hunting anytime? Yeah. I say, Tom, let's go. So he's, 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 he's hooked. That's a big hook for him. And, of course, my daughter and her baby and all that, so... It, uh, that's perfect, man. They're coming home. It's a good pool. Yeah. Yep. They're probably one of the only people moving into the state. So that's cool. I'm glad it's a hunter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've got like minded folks moving in. And he's also red. Yes. Yes. I'm very red. Curtis, a little purple, but I'm a little, I'm pretty red. I would say he's purple. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm middle of the road too, but I'm not purple. I'm a intellectually honest. But I lean conservative, so that's so, where I sit on the side of things. So we'll see how it goes tomorrow. Maybe we can do something to blind, a little chat. and uh, Yeah, we might. You want to record another one out there? We'll bring this podcast you, machine if, out if, there. If you want to do it, we can. Have you got any, you got any AA batteries around this place? Yes, I do. Okay, bring a couple extras because... What? I... Yeah, no, I got plenty. I got lots. Yeah, because this this stupid little machine that I use to do this magic that I send to you guys weekly... Um, I gotta have a power source. So I, it, you can run on batteries, but the thing is, it don't last for shit. So I always get nervous. That's why I always have a power source going to it. But we can do it if we got fresh batteries. No I, got, problem. I got all fresh, so we'll, we'll be fine. Uh, so we'll hopefully we'll get some, where we see something, we call it in. You guys shoot it, and you guys hear the calling, you hear the cussing, you hear the shooting, you hear it all. Yeah. God damn it, you missed Curtis. It. Why you are you shooting a hundred yards again? God damn it, Curtis. No, he does pull up too soon. He's got. I need a leash on him because he's not. He's used. 
to hunt other has places. He, has he done the pointing at duck shit yeah, with you? He, no, oh, I, my I, God. No, the, point, the point is key. Yeah. <laughs> Look. I said, put your fucking hand down. Exactly. Yeah, I had a big moon pie face looking we're right tra- at him. Train, yeah. We're trying to train him. We are. I, I should be a bigger dick to win the blind, but I, I haven't been. That's probably what, partly what got me out here, but... All yeah, right. I yeah. So well, hopefully tomorrow. I mean, every day is a different day. We'll see. It's been kind of slow here lately, and slow everywhere, man. You're uh, preaching the choir. Well, but you hear that, guys? The white mallard has been slow too. So for you guys that have been coming home with goose eggs at the refuge, it's slow here too. Their slow is a little bit different than our slow, but it's not good here neither right now. So. Yeah. This cold weather's going to change stuff. I know it. I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, hunters are all optimist. Everybody <laughs> says, you know, when the sun comes out, just give it a little bit. When the <laughs> wind comes up, let's try it. And every weekend, everybody wants to. Every if you're not an optimist, you're not a hunter. No. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? You sound like you listen to this show, and you're. I mean, this is what the shit we talk about every week. You know what I mean? It just. You know what I mean? This is what I talk about every week, just not with you. Yeah. <laughs> I talk with other, other sickos. Well, I might, be on, I might be on your list of calls now. Cause, yeah, oh, I mean, you I, should. I, I mean, literally, in. this is what we talk about every we, week on we, this We thing. talk ducks. We check in. We talk theories. We talk stuff. We talk habitat. We talk everything. That's the same thing. Same and, thing. And it, it's all, um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's more than a passion. Yeah, no, it's uh, like you call it a sickness everywhere. It's a sick, and I'll call them sickos. Yeah, no, <laughs> duck, guys like me, and I gravitate towards those guys with it, even within our own clubs. I'm talking daily, yeah, to everybody about the weather, about the, the what's when you're going to hunt, what are you doing, what's going on, what do you think? Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's just it's just constant. Yeah, in 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 the off season, also it's not just a three month deal for. No, me and my buddies, it, it's it's more than that. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's year-round. I'm doing something. I'm dog training. I'm decoy tying. Yep. You know, I, I whatever it is, it's this is, I think about duck hunting every single day of the year. Mm-hmm. And not just think. I usually do an action, especially now doing this podcast. It's, this is, this is duck season always, you know. Well, February 1st, usually somebody sends out. It's only 260 days until opener. (laughs) Yeah. A little meeting thing. Yes. Yes. And that's how how we do it. And and part of it, because we've talked about this before on the show, it's not all about the trigger pull. I mean, we all love killing ducks. We're killers. But I love the whole thing of it. You know what I mean? You know what? That's a really good point you made. Um, Up here at these clubs, it's a social thing. And I would say hunting, or let's call it duck hunting, is, well, you hope it to be more, but it, it's probably 60% camaraderie. Yes. And who you're with and how you get along and how much fun you have with your buddies and talking about other stuff. And it, it's, it's, it's the whole... Yeah, yeah. The whole ball of wax. There's nothing, you know, even guys you don't know that well. You, I mean, you only hunt together, per se. Right. You go out, oh, I'm hunting with him tomorrow. Cool. Awesome. I, you know, I ain't talked to him in a while. Or, or you know, I haven't seen him in a while, whatever. And it, it's cool. I, I, I'm i eating up with every bit of it, and it sounds like you most definitely are. So. No, I'm a sicko. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you are, man. I'm one of them. 
Well, I guess that's about it. You think Curtis about done with that dinner or what? I don't know. He's, oh, he's playing on the phone, but what time is it? It's getting out there. Oh, it's always six thirty. Oh, it's seven thirty. Okay. Huh? Getting late. Yep. Yeah. Time flies. Yeah, man, we're getting on an hour here. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. You got anything else you want to say about anything? Nope. I think we're all fine. Thank you. Well, Thanks thank you so much, Tom Harry, for having me a guest at the White Mallard up here. We're gonna have a good hunt no matter what tomorrow. I know that. And well, we <laughs> might get nothing, but it's gonna be a good hunt. <laughs> Who knows? I don't think you're going to get many goose eggs around this part of the world, but I'm very confident, like most duck hunters are this time of year, and we're going to we're probably going to do one live from the blind tomorrow. So, anyway, we will well, not live. I shouldn't say that. Not live, but we will record one from the blind, and we'll see what happens. We can hear some of your calling, man. You're, I hear you're an excellent caller. So, no, that's hearsay. <laughs> well. The proof will be in the pudding, but... Uh, well, don't judge me on that tomorrow, we'll see. <laughs> you know, our, some days when the birds want to work, you're an expert. Oh, when I they don't, it. you're the shit. So. Sometimes I feel like a fucking hero. Just wah, 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 and they turn and like... Whoop. I, I, yeah, and other days, you call to your face is blue. Once, <laughs> they're, once they're, you look up and they're hooked up, you're, it's easy to call good. Yeah. But when they're not hooked up, it's a little tougher. But turning them is so cool because you'll have them going the other way and you hit it and they whoop. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you, you know, we... Yeah, you know. yeah. Anyway, all right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure you get a Willow Creek custom call before this deal's done. So, anyway, from the White Mallard, we are out. We will talk to you again soon, hopefully sooner than you think. Goodbye. Thanks all. Thank you, Tom. And goodbye. Thank you, John.